0: Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. We are doing a series called Things Jesus Never Said. How many of you know Jesus gets misquoted a lot? And people also get uh, Ben Franklin mixed up with uh, Jesus sometimes. And, you know, and then there are also a lot of things people just say that Jesus never actually said. So we've been going through a series called These Jesus Didn't Say and talking about things that he never told us. Well, today we're going to look up in Matthew, or uh, John chapter 16, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, if you hit the events tab in the little more section, it'll be on there. How many of you know Jesus never said you're never going to have a bad day? Right? Sometimes when we, we tell people about Jesus, we say, you know, if you just follow Jesus, all your wildest dreams will come true. You know, if you follow Jesus, the squirrels will never, uh, you know, throw things on your car, and the birds won't poop on your vehicle, and, you know. Uh, that doesn't happen because Jesus said in this world we're going to have what? Troubles, right? And so a couple of things Jesus never said. He said if you come to Jesus, you're always going to get the best parking spot. He never said that. He never said your new car is never going to get door-dinged, unfortunately. He never said if you lose your life for my sake, you're always going to look great in your swimsuit. You know, Jesus never said that, right? Some people think he did. He never said you'll never get a pimple before a date or prom. He never said that, right? That stuff happens, right? He didn't say that your Wi-Fi is never going to go out when you're watching a football game. Like, you know, just never, never said those kind of things. But sometimes we, we seem to get this idea that when we follow Jesus, everything is just going to go smoothly. Now, how many of you know following Jesus is way better than the alternative? Right? How many of you know when we follow Jesus, we're still going to have troubles? But what is the big difference? He's with us through the difficulties. And here's the great thing, guys. Jesus really doesn't waste trouble. Troubles make us what? Stronger. So if you have your Bibles, in John chapter 16, we're going to look at a couple of things Jesus did say. John chapter 16, starting in verse 20. He says this. He's talking to his disciples. And he says, I tell you the truth, you're going to weep and mourn over what's going to happen to me when he goes to the cross. But... The world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world. All the moms said, yep. The men just say, I have no clue. Um, But you will have sorrow now, but I'll see you again. Then you'll rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant you your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask, using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. And then if you skip down to verse 31, Jesus said, Do you finally believe But the time is coming? Indeed, it's here now, when you'll be scattered, each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. Now listen to this. So he's telling the disciples, He's going to go to the cross. And remember, he's going to say, you're all going to scatter. And then Peter's, oh, I'll never leave you. And then he does, right? All the disciples scatter. But listen to what he says in verse 33. I've told you all this, so you may have what? Peace. peace. Everybody say that word, peace. You may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So what I pray this morning, you help us to remember that you are with us. And you have overcome the world. And even though we have troubles, we have sorrows, we have hardships, Lord, you can use those to help us have joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Jesus said that we can have peace. Now, peace is not happiness. They're two totally different things, right? You can still have peace even in the midst of what? Hardships. You can have happiness even in the midst of hardships. But happiness comes and goes. Peace lasts forever. So, Let's look at a couple things Jesus does say here in these verses. And the first is this, troubles and hardships are certain to come. Aren't you glad you came to church to hear that today? How many of you have ever had a trouble in your life, right? How many of you have had a trouble since you've been a Jesus follower? How many of you have had a trouble this morning? We have a printer decided not to work to check kids in today. It worked last week and decided not to this week, right? It happens And here's the thing, guys, Jesus experienced troubles on earth. Jesus experienced all the different things we do. Jesus He experienced betrayal. Did you know Jesus, one of Jesus' very best friends, turned him over to be killed? One of his closest friends. Did you know that Jesus was persecuted? He was deserted. He said, You're all gonna leave me, and they did, right? He was hungry, he was thirsty, he was misunderstood, he was misquoted. Jesus suffered all those same things we do. Jesus had people irritate him. I'm sure he had people cut him off in traffic, right? When he's walking, they just cut right in front of him. You know, all those things that we experience, he experienced. And since Jesus experienced it, what? We will too, right? We're going to experience those things. But Jesus told us we can expect to have troubles here on earth. We live in a sinful world. This world we live in was designed to be perfect, but sin came in and what happened? Right? It went out. So, because we live in a fallen world, we can experience trouble because that is part of the human experience. But here's the thing, guys, please hear me this morning. If you're experiencing trouble, it does not necessarily mean that you've sinned or you've done something wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean you're being punished. Sometimes troubles come because we live in a fallen world. Now, I heard Don say this this morning. Sometimes we sow a lot of wild oats, right? Before we become Christians, we, we spend years doing bad things, and guess what? We still suffer consequences sometimes. Sometimes I sit and I look and I think, man, those nachos would taste so much better with the spicy salsa on top, you know? And then later I pay for it, right? Oh, I have a stomachache. I must have done something wrong. God is punishing me. No, I just made a really bad choice, <laughs> Right? And so we have to understand that things happen because we live in a fallen world, but trouble doesn't necessarily mean we've done something wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean God is punishing you or God has forgotten you. And here's the thing. Trouble doesn't usually travel on its own. Trouble brings friends with it, right? Things always happen in groups. You ever notice that? Oh, my car broke down. Oh, my dishwasher broke. Hey, that's great, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I did this and then this coming. It brings other trouble. It also brings frustration, anxiety, stress. All those things come, and we can expect those things because we live in a fallen world. But here is the good news. Jesus tells us that we can expect to have troubles on earth, but he also tells us that we can have peace because Jesus never prayed we'd be removed from the earth. Did you know Jesus never prayed for the Father to remove us from trouble? Jesus never said, well, I hope in this life you'll never have trouble. He never prayed for us to be removed from that because he said you will have trouble in this world. But here's the amazing thing. I want to show you this picture. We're we're familiar with these things in Nebraska. What is this? It's a train track, right? You see how these two parallel, these rails run parallel? In this world, guys, you can have trouble, but you can also have peace at the same time. Because a lot of times, trouble and peace run parallel. Rick Warren said this in a book one time, and I think his wife quoted it in her book. But he says that the trouble is like one rail of a train track, and joy is like the other. And they run side by side all the way until we get to heaven. But at some point, you notice how those two things almost look like they converge? In heaven, we're not going to have any more trouble. In heaven, we're not going to have any more sorrows. But in this life, we will have trouble. We'll have great times, guys. Please hear me. You will have, you'll have times in your life that are just amazing, but there are also seasons of hardship and trouble. But in the midst of that trouble, we can still have peace because we know that God is with us, and we know that he's bigger. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because what? I have overcome the world. He's in control. He's already had it. So if you're experiencing trouble right now this morning, Maybe you're having a financial difficulty. Maybe you're, you're having a physical difficulty. Maybe you're having stress in your family or in your workplace or in school. We can still have peace even in the midst of those difficulties because we trust that Jesus is with us. And we trust that he's bigger than all the stuff that goes along with that, right? It doesn't mean that we're going to lack joy. It means we can still have that. But here's the thing, guys. We know that in this life we will have trouble, but here's the great thing. Troubles and hardships prove our faith. Troubles and hardships prove that our faith is genuine, right? When we go through those hard things, it shows that our faith is genuine. I'm not going to show you the clip because we're running a little behind, but there's this great movie that came out in the early 2000s, one of the greatest movies of all time. It's called Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> you lose about 10 brain cells every time you watch it, but it's a great movie, right? But in this movie, this young man, he's a teenager in Idaho, and he's trying to navigate high school, and he has his friend named Pedro, and they're trying to get Pedro elected student council president. Neither one of them are very popular, and they're running against one of those popular girls in school. So they do this whole campaign, Pedro for president. You may have seen the shirts. They're still around there some. Uh, but they want Pedro to become president. And in his speech, Pedro gets up, and he says, If you vote for me, all your wildest dreams will come true. Can you say that as a student council president? Absolutely not. You have no authority to do anything as student council president except set school dance dates and things like that. But, guys, sometimes we tell people the same thing when they're coming to Jesus, don't we? Just come to Jesus and you'll never have a problem. Come to Jesus and the squirrels iron your pants for you in the morning, you know? Come to Jesus and, and unicorns will show up in your dreams every night. No, it doesn't happen that way because we can't say that because hardships are part of life. But here's the great thing. Hardships prove that our faith is genuine. When we go through hardships and we stick it out, it shows the world and it shows those people watching us that we really are Jesus followers. We're not just fair weather fans. I'm a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. I have been since I was in like fourth grade. And, you know, it's been a good couple of years, right? You know what it's like being a Chiefs fan in the 90s? It was awful. It was like being a Husker fan right now. But worse. There were seasons like in the early 2000s, I think they won one game. And I would order my chief stuff, and people were like, you're a moron. That is the worst team in the NFL. I was like, we're going to get there one of these days. And I had faith. I almost jumped ship a few times, but I stayed with it. And now, you know, it works. I wasn't a fair-weather fan. But, guys, when, we are, when we're following Jesus and we bail when times get hard, where we are really following Jesus? No, we were just a fan of Jesus. But when you go through those hardships and those hard times, and you keep that faith. It shows that it's genuine. Peter, the Apostle Peter, was writing to Christians in the time of Roman persecution. Peter was writing to Christians in a time where they were being hounded for their faith. There was an emperor at the time named Nero. It was in uh, AD 67. Nero was insane. I mean, you know, we say some of our politicians are crazy. Nero was really insane. He, he was bored one day, so he set fire to his own city. He burned Rome. And then, you know, people were displeased that he'd burned their city. So he blamed who? The Christians. He said it was the Christians' fault. So they rounded up Christians, and they were killing them for their faith. And they weren't just, you know, beheading them or or hanging them. He was doing things like sewing animal skins on them and having dogs attack them for fun. He would sew an animal skin to them and let them out and have the dogs chase them. And then they would watch while the dogs ate them alive. He would dip their, their shirts in wax, tie them to a tree, and light them on fire as torches in his garden. And in this time, Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is what? Genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. He was telling this to Christians who were being murdered for their faith. And he said, these trials show that your faith is real. And someday you're going to be rewarded for that. So guys, those of you who are here this morning and you're going through a hardship, hold on to your faith. Trust that Jesus is going to bring you through this and it's going to make you stronger in the end because there is joy ahead. And guys, eventually Peter was martyred for his faith. He was martyred for being a Christian. So hardships prove that our faith is genuine, but they also help prevent counterfeit faith. It shows that we have roots. And how many times have we told people about Jesus and they prayed the sinner's prayer and the first time troubles come, what do they do? Well, I didn't think it was going to be like this. I'm out. <laughs> and we said, well, you're still going to have trouble even if you're not following Jesus, but at least with him, you have him with you. Jesus told a story in Matthew chapter 13 about seeds, about seeds that were thrown out. And then sometimes they didn't have strong roots. And when the sun came, they were scorched. Or sometimes birds came and stole them away. And he said, if you want to really last in this thing, you have to dig roots. How do we have roots in our faith? We spend time in God's Word. We spend time with other Christians who challenge us and grow us. We come to church. We, we worship together. We spend time with him. We get those roots down. And then Jesus says that our faith will then produce what? Fruit. Our faith will show others and good things will come out of it. It prevents counterfeit faith. And then we understand that faith that is tested is faith that can be trusted. If our faith is tested, then our faith can be trusted. James is Jesus' brother. Listen to what he says in James chapter 1, verses 2-4. through 4, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity to groan and moan and wail. No. He said consider an opportunity for what? Great joy. What? So when troubles come, I'm supposed to look at it as an opportunity for joy? Because, yeah, he says, for you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So, guys, James says that when troubles come, they help us become more developed. If you sit here and you say, hey, you know, I think I want to get in better shape, and you go to the YMCA or Anytime Fitness and you hire a trainer, what are they going to do? They're going to make you hurt, right? They're going to say, well, you know, if you want to build endurance, you got to go run. you got to get on this treadmill and, and go for half an hour. you got to get on this elliptical and go. And, and it is not fun, is it? but what happens? You get stronger. We, have a, we decided to have an ultimate Frisbee team, and we had two games back-to-back, 40 minutes each, and I thought I was in fairly decent shape. You know what happened the next day? I put my feet down, and I got out of bed and went, oh! <laughs> Running for 80 minutes isn't fun. It hurts. <laughs> and then my kid's like, oh, I'm not bad. I'm fine. But it's helping us become what? Stronger. The same thing, guys, when your car breaks down or when your kids misbehave or you're, you have troubles with your spouse and these troubles come and we go through those and we work through those and we hold on to our faith, we get what? Stronger. So then the next time troubles come, you say, oh, well, I made it through last time. I can make it through this time. Well, Jesus brought me through that. He can bring me through this. And I know this is not a woohoo message, Right. But it is necessary, guys, because faith that is tested is faith that can be trusted. And, guys, here's the thing. Your neighbors, your coworkers, the people who sit in class with you at school or play next to you on a team, they're watching your faith. They want to know if you're going to really live this thing out when you go through a hardship. They want to see if you're going to bail or you're going to stay. They want to know that this thing is real and that you really believe what you say. And here's the big deal. Here's what I want you to hear today, guys. Troubles and hardships prepare us for our purpose. God can be using those trials and hardships you're going through to get you ready for what's next in life. And we see this all through Scripture. This is not just preacher talk, right? And here's a line I love. Craig Rochelle said this, preparation can sometimes be packaged as pain. Preparation is sometimes packaged as pain. Just like if you go to the Y and you say, Hey, Riley, help me get in shape. He's going to say, All right, let me help you out. <laughs> it's going to hurt, though. The same thing happens with us. There's a man named Joseph in the Old Testament. He was one of the younger of 12 kids. God gave Joseph a dream. And in this dream, Joseph's brothers and sisters and parents were all bowing before him, meaning he was in a position of authority, even though he was one of the, the last in line as far as authority went. And so he said, okay, God gave me this dream. This is going to happen someday. But how many years did it take to get there? Multiple, multiple years, decades. And to get there, he had to first, his brothers, well, they were going to kill him. And then one of them was talked out of it. So they threw him in a well and sold him as a slave. Hey, that's a great way to get there, right? And then from there, he was, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it. He was falsely accused of molesting his master's wife. And then he was thrown in prison. Well, I'm getting further and further from that dream, right? No, he was actually getting closer. He was being what? Prepared. And then in prison, he was forgotten about. He helped some guys. He he interpreted a dream for them. They said, we will never forget you. And then they forgot him. And then he was lifted up and elevated, eventually, as second in command of the entire nation of Egypt. But he was an Israelite. But God used those decades of hardship And those decades of trial to prepare him for what was next. And look at what he said to his brothers as um, his dad was getting ready to pass away. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he says, You, brothers, intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people because he helped his nation through a famine. And God brought all these things together for him, but he realized that all those decades of pain were actually decades of what? Preparation. I love it in the message translation, he says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. It was a long, winding, difficult road for Joseph to get there, but God used it to prepare him for what was next. And guys, some of you are in the midst of hardships, and you think, well, maybe God forgot me. No, maybe God is just getting you ready for what's next. And I can tell you this from my own life. We've, we've encountered this many times where we've gone through hardships, and we say, okay, God's up to something. And he was. He was preparing us because there's no way we could have been ready for what was next if we hadn't gone through those trials. So pain is sometimes preparation. Sometimes it's consequences, but sometimes it's simply preparation. And Jesus said, in this world we'll have troubles, but in him we will have peace. And Matthew 28, 20 says, be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. So while you're in the midst of those trials, while God is getting you ready, he hasn't forgotten you. He's preparing you. He's using you. So look at those hardships as possible opportunities. And then lastly, we know that through Christ we will overcome. I love this line in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. He says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even imagine, as we've read a couple weeks ago in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, we can't even imagine what God has in store. He it said it's, it's greater than what we could even ask or imagine, his plans for us. In Romans chapter 8, Paul, who also went through persecution and hardships, he says this, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And I say this all the time when we read this passage. What does everything mean? Everything. <laughs> Not a true question, right? Everything means all the good things God uses together to work for our good, but also all the what? Hardships, difficulties, trials. All those things work together for the good of those who love God and are called in according to his purpose. And who are called according to his purpose? All of us, every one of us. God has a purpose for every one of our lives. And sometimes the way to get to that purpose is to go through a hardship. So I want to encourage you, if you're here this morning and life is great, that's awesome. I'm excited with you. If you're here this morning and life is difficult, that's awesome because God is getting you ready. I empathize with your pain, but I'm excited for what God's going to do in you next. So we're going to pray this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up this morning. and If you're physically able, would you stand? Lord, I'm so thankful this morning that you love each and every one of us, and you've called each and every one of us for what you have for us next. And Lord, I know there are some here watching, some here in this room today that they're in a great season right now. They're, they're excited, they're blessed, and things are going well, but they've been through hard times in the past, and they can remember how you used those rough times to get them where they are today. And Lord, there are some here today watching, some here in person that are in the midst of a trial, and I just pray you would encourage them during this time but help them to know that that with you, they can overcome. That with you, they're not alone in the midst of these trials. And Lord, I do pray that you would bring them through this. But Lord, I also pray that you would use this to repair them for what is next, for what you have for them and and how you're growing them. Because James says we can rejoice when hardships come because we know it, it builds our endurance and proves that our faith is genuine.